This is the Books Table Podcast, your audio book club. Uh, with me, Annie, and I'm joined by Fee. Hello. And Sophie. Hey. Uh, this is actually our Christmas gift guide episode. So happy Christmas, guys. We made it to December. Yay, my favourite. <laughs> uh, as we're co- recording this, it's actually sort of very late November. But I figure since this episode is coming out in December, you know, that. You're this allowing is a reasonable to time be... to pretend it's Christmas. Yeah, you're allowing yeah. to oh, be Christmassy right. early. Is that what we're doing here? I, I mean, as self as self-proclaimed Christmas declaration queen, I'm going to declare it Christmas for now. You know. Yes. <laughs> you know. Before we start talking about books, I first wanted to ask you guys: When does Christmas start? And do is there do you have any book-related Christmas traditions? I'm putting you on the spot here, I realise, sorry. Well, I have a tradition that I don't really do now, but I used to do this a lot when I was a teenager, when I'd get, like, you know, my, my parents were always giving me books for Christmas. I used to, like, finish one book on Christmas Day. Like, I'd unwrap it, start reading, and at the end of the day, I'd be done. Um, oh, my god! But, yeah, no, that hasn't happened since maybe school, I think, which is about <laughs> six years. <laughs> when does Christmas yeah. start for you? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I allow festivities to start from like the first of December kind of thing. That's when it's acceptable. Mm. Too much before, and I'm just like, no, please don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Fee, what about you? Um, well, Christmas. I think I'm I'm the same. Like December first, I feel super Christmassy. But sometimes I, if I'm feeling low or something, I will dabble maybe into the christmas vibe if i'm passing a hallmark film maybe i'll watch it (laughs) um but traditionally we quite we put our tree up um on saint nicholas day because that's our tradition right the german tradition yeah and like when we were children we would write our christmas letter um and you'd have to write it and you'd have to put it in a shoe and then on St. Nicholas Day, when we came back from school, it would be replaced with like a chocolate coin. And that meant you've been good and Santa was going to deliver your presents. But if you were bad, you were left with a stick. And that would mean like you'd have to improve your behavior oh, before Christmas. That's a good tradition. Never received a stick. You never yeah. received a stick. Did no, anyone you just... ever receive a stick? Not that I've heard of <laughs> in uh... the family. See. I feel like in my house, it's this constant battle between my sister and also my dad, actually, who want to start Christmas as early as possible. And my mum, who believes that you should put the tree up on Christmas Eve. When me and Libby were in school, it was very much uh, unless something weird happened. Christmas started the day the Christmas holidays started. And that was when we could start listening to Christmas music. Oh. So we'd come home from school on the last day of term and put the Christmas music on and eat mince pies. Mm. and the weird thing is as I've got older I've sort of come around to that but I'm not finishing work until the 18th and that's too late for Christmas this year so I'm gonna see (laughs) I can start early okay one last Christmas question um what is the best book you've ever got for Christmas the starless sea easy peasy Mm. yeah I think I got the Fault in Our Stars for Christmas. It was like a pre-order. It only came in January, but oh. I didn't get that for Christmas. So. I'm trying to think of a book that I got for Christmas that I like. Shit, I don't know which books <laughs> I got for Christmas and which books I got other times. Um, yeah, all the books just blur into each other. Yeah, um, maybe. Okay, I'm just looking at my bookcase now. And what I think that I got for Christmas was La Belle Sauvage from, by Philip Pullman. Oh, yeah. certain... That came out around, that came out in maybe like October or something. And I think I got that yeah. for Christmas. So I'm going to go with that as like a book yeah. I'm fairly sure I got. Can I, can I yeah, chime in with one. something that I found out yeah. this week? This is my little factoid for you in case you didn't know about it. Okay. Dude. So I was reading somewhere I was, while I was doing this research for the episode, I came across um, uh, an article about why. Iceland is sells most of their books at Christmas time and I was like why why do they sell their books at most of their books at Christmas time it's because they have a 
tradition called Yola Boca Flood, which means the Christmas book flood in English. And for their tradition, <laughs> on the 24th of December, they exchange books as gifts, the whole of Iceland, and they read these books that they've exchanged into the night with like hot chocolate, you know, maybe some mulled wine, something like that. And I thought that was so such a great uh, tradition to do. That is a good tradition. That's a great tradition. Do you know that one in 10 people in Iceland will publish a book in their lifetimes? Yeah, that's what the article was saying. And it's because of this, <laughs> yeah. they think it's because of this tradition that is why there are so many writers in Iceland. Also, oh, yeah. it started in mm -hmm. World War II, just after World War II, so in the 1940s. And yeah. it started because paper was being rationed. So they saw books as really significant gifts. And so they would exchange them and get books only for Christmas time. Oh, wow. And so that just started this huge tradition of buying all these books uh, for the 24th of December. And also Ooh. like the Iceland publishing companies are like, literally everything is like resting on <laughs> Christmas buys. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of businesses that rest entirely on Christmas. Anyway, this just proves what um basically the the sort of the inspiration behind this episode is, which is that books are the best thing to give and to get for Christmas. There are books to give people you know, there are books to give people you don't know that well, coffee table books, book recommendations. A book is a sweet, thoughtful, personalized gift in the like perfect price range for a gift you know especially if it's paperback Definitely. absolutely and mm -hmm. the more you know a person the more meaningful that a book can be which is why a book is the perfect gift and with that in mind this is our books table christmas gift guide or um, our yola boca flood episode yeah this is the yola boca <laughs> flood episode um, I'm absolutely cribbing off Fee's pronunciation there. So <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing it right, but anybody... no, I trust you because you know you're you're sort of semi-Germanic and the Icelandic. <laughs> well, no, is the Icelandic <laughs> language I... more Scandinavian? Yeah, it's more Scandinavian. Uh, uh, yeah, you studied Iceland, yeah. Icelandic. Yeah, Norse. Don't, don't ask me to pronounce anything. It was old Icelandic. But like, I mean, it, I was, it was gonna technically say. Icelandic. Oh, okay. Don't ask me to read it out loud. I, I failed at pronunciation <laughs> of every one language. That's why I only like ancient languages because I'm not required to pronounce them. I can just like, that is literally why I only study ancient languages. I'll pronounce more yeah. words. Well, so, so um, I'm sort of emceeing this episode, if you will, because this was my idea for a Christmas gift guide. I thought instead of, because the thing is, what book you should get people for Christmas completely depends on the person, right? Yeah. The only book that is universal, everyone should give it, everyone should get it, is, um, oh, what's it called? The Boy, The Horse, The Fox and the Mole, something like that. That's the only book uh, that works for me. I know what you're talking, yeah, I know the book you're talking yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. Oh, you'd recognize it if you saw it. Okay. Um, so I thought instead, as a Christmas book gift guide, um, we could say what books we get for each other and why. And A, if you are anything like us or know people who are like us, this will give you good ideas for what to get them. B, it's a fun way for us to recommend books to you, which we do every week, but this week in a new interesting format. And C, I think it's also useful to hear people talk about why they would get books for people because it is a very personal process, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And with that in mind, I thought we'd go person by person. Right, yeah. So why don't we start, um, me and you, Sophie, start by talking about what books we would get for Fee? Uh, Sophie, do you want to go first? Okay. 
Okay, okay, yeah. I'm so excited. Okay, so the first first book that I'm recommending uh, for me is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. So I know we've both We've both encouraged you to read Red, White, and Royal Blue, and I do think you would enjoy it, but you, you said you weren't interested, so Red I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stealth into you another way. <laughs> I think One Last Stop would be right up your alley um, as well, also thematically, because it's got more of like the magical realism type things, and that's kind of what you're into a lot. Yeah. Um, so One Last Stop is basically about... Um, 20-something-year-old has just moved to New York and she falls in love with this girl that she meets on the subway that she's riding to get to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at first she just thinks that this is like a really cool punk chick that dresses like she's from the 70s. Uh, Love that. Love that aesthetic. I was going to say the 70s is right up Fleet Street as well. (laughs) Uh, But then she finds out that this is not in fact uh, somebody that dresses like they're from the 70s. They're from one that is from the 70s. And she is stuck on the same subway train, just riding the train up and oh. down, out of time. Um, and then it's all about kind of how do they fix this problem whilst also you're being you're in love with someone that maybe doesn't belong in the decade that you're currently living in, and all of that. And yeah, I thought you would. Really it's the enjoy age that. gap. <laughs> it's such a good name for it. Mind the age gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually I have been oh, eyeing that book for a while so you're spot on yeah somehow I, I haven't read it but I have read um Red White and Royal Blue and that is definitely a great book so I feel yeah. like I can sort of second this recommendation mm. but also now I think about it the color of the book is right up your street somehow you know the cover is just sort of yeah, it's like a- has the color scheme that I think you would What's be What's the color scheme? It's like pinks and purples. It's sort of purple tinged yeah. millennial Ooh, pinks. Yeah. It is. I do like that color yeah. palette. Very nice. Yeah. You want to hear another weird coincidence? Yes. <laughs> My book for you is also a vaguely magical realism book about same-sex couples on a magic train. Oh, feed <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, my book is, uh, the book I would give to you, is Pieces by Helen Oyemi. O-Y-E-Y-M-I. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I actually listened to this on audiobook. I got it from the library. I went in with zero expectations. I just, I will read anything that says it has a train in it. I just like trains. Um, <laughs> and I loved this book. And I just thought it was so up your street. So it's... Um, it's sort of told through multiple perspectives and there's this magical train that just travels up and down um possibly up and down England like it's never really described where exactly this train goes but it's like full of weird compartments there's a library compartment there's a fair on the train there's, oh my god this woman lives on there's this sort of eccentric woman who lives on this train and has been on this train for years and years um, with sort of two other people, one of whom is her girlfriend, and this um, couple and their pet mongoose. Um, their eccentric great aunt pays for them to go and have a honeymoon on this train. Um, and it's all about there's a mystery about this composer and people who may or may not exist. And I, it, it's just, it's so, it's so like clever. It all fits together together in such a weird interesting way and it's about like the past just about to say it's about like the past and the present and the future (laughs) and it's sort of I it's one of those books that is so huge and so small that it's really hard to explain but I just it gave me you vibes the entire way through that's such a compliment when somebody says oh this book gave me you vibes like I thought of you when reading this book (laughs) Obviously not yeah. if it's like a psycho murderer maniac or something. I, like, say, I, I, I just, I read Carrie and I thought of you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too bad, actually. I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of the many killers, you know. 
<laughs> at least she's... I just you know silence of the lambs it just made me think of you <laughs> I find that so interesting that you guys both of your choices were like trains um lesbian relationships which I love <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say same-sex couples and magical realism, I think, was sort of, we picked out things that you really appreciate in the books that you read. I do. Trains, I Trains. think, was just a funky coincidence. Like, yeah. I didn't, you know. Maybe it's a I was sign. Like, this trains, I was like, yeah. Train was more of a also, sign. very different trains, you know? Yeah, different yeah. types Subway of trains. Subway train versus sort of um, mystery restored Victorian steam train. Oh. Yeah. What? train it sounds a lot nicer than the other i feel like i know <laughs> what i'd want to be on <laughs> so you say that but I, I i think the point of the book is do you actually want to be on this magical mystery train mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like you're at paddington station and you can either read the story sophie's chosen on the tube or you can read the story annie's chosen on an actual british railway train <laughs> Or you could read them both and sort of pass through Paddington Station on the way from one to the other. (laughs) I mean, yeah, why choose? Okay. Um, Sophie, are there trains in your third book? No, there are no trains in my third book. Oh, yeah, I forgot there's another book. (laughs) Okay, Okay. well, actually, the second one I have for you um, is like a manga. So it's kind of... I love manga. Let's just say it's it's the first volume. This is one I don't know whether you've... Have you read A Silent Voice or seen the, the movie? I've heard it's of it. It's also called... Yeah, it's also called A Shape of Voice or Kono Kataji, depending on... I can't say that. I, I feel like okay. if I see it, I will recognise it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the, the film is on Netflix. Um, so... It's about a deaf girl. You probably remember it if you watched it. Silent voice. <gasps> yes, yes, yeah. I know. I've watched it. I did watch it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend you the manga of that because if you like, did you like the film? I loved the film. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, didn't remember it though. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I would recommend um, the manga of that um, because it's just a bit. It's like seven volumes, so obviously they had to kind of cut stuff and cram it down to kind of fit in a film runtime. So I think, so just for the explainer, uh, you know, for the benefit of Annie or any listeners, uh, A Silent yes, Voice is a manga about um, a girl who is deaf. She moves to um, an elementary school and is then bullied by the other main character and all kind of the other children in the class as a result of her disability. Um, this then needs her to um, leave the school. And when this kind of comes up, all the other kids turn on the other main character, Shoya, and blame him for all of it, despite the fact that they are all very much complicit in said nastiness. And then uh, fast forward like several years, Shoya has grown up uh, when they're in high school. It's then about him kind of reconnecting with her and trying to, you know, make up for the things that he did and sort of find um yeah find meaning in life again for both Mm. of them after the things that they've been through I would very heavily whilst I do recommend it I would also very heavily trigger warn it for bullying suicide and depression it's quite heavy yeah um and I really love it the ending hits me so hard every single time I do remember crying in it in it (laughs) a lot I was also like this is a manga that would definitely make me cry. I was like, <laughs> this is this is this is this is gonna this is gonna cause her tears. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad I do that. Yeah, I got that right about you. But yeah, no, I think you would really enjoy it because it's just got it just has a little bit more time and there's also a bit more kind of wrap up at the end because mm. the movie just kind of ends. There's actually like a little more wrap up with like kind of what they're going to be doing moving forward. I think it's just a little bit more conclusive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. I, I that is really interesting. I think I because I do rem- I do remember watching it and I have watched it. I think that there is yeah. that thing where um if it's not made into an anime series, but even anime series cut out a lot of the storyline 
that are usually covered within the manga but that's but yeah it's really interesting that you were uh that the manga like as a recommendation yeah. I don't I don't know what I'm saying at this point I'm sorry <laughs> I probably could have cut that out <laughs> <laughs> oh I was gonna say if you want to hear more of our thoughts about how adaptions can cut things out you can listen to our episode on um adaptions of books we love into films and tv shows yeah I think I think what I was trying to say which my brain couldn't really comprehend <laughs> like that quickly was just like um I, I rarely when I watch animes I rarely think oh I should read the manga but I know that it will have more storyline to it I think because I read manga very quickly yeah so it, no, it's, I, I... it's a very short experience for me I'm often the same like I don't often go and read it unless like <laughs> the anime turns bad or if I get spoiled for things that haven't happened yet mm-hmm. so I just go ahead to read it so that I don't have to deal with that that's what I did with my hero academia I was just like I was anime yeah. only and then I got some major spoilers and I was like screw it okay fine do you know what I can enjoy this the listeners like for the listeners I had no idea Sophie watched anime and read manga like this is just me finding out now that we both watch it and like when Sophie was like I watch you know Boku no Hero Academia I was like me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like I didn't watch it that much when I was at school I more got into it when I was at uni I think it's oh. partly, probably, partly why I never really talked about it. I don't. I didn't watch it much at school. Do you watch Attack on Titan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that manga. I that haven't was, read that manga enough. either. But yeah, yeah. I've only read a few. Silent Voices are one of the only ones because I heard it was kind of better than the film, and I really love the film. I actually think the film does a good job of kind of getting the focus down. But I kind of heard that, it, and it was one of those stories where I wanted to find out what the more kind of parts of it were just because I really love the characters yeah sorry Annie you need to get on this train with us <laughs> clearly speaking of yeah, trains like, I... yeah exactly speaking of like, trains all my picks would work for both of you except for this one so I was like yeah no no I, I don't think this is going after Annie Street <laughs> never know <laughs> ah. well I was gonna say I think I'm next with a more general pick a book that I think both of you should read Oh yes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it is one that I am one hundred percent sure I've told you to read already. Uh, I think the rest of my books are because I, I sort of just tell you to read everything I read, so nothing here is surprising <laughs> apart from pieces because I only finished it a couple of days ago. Um, okay, um, Beat Read by Emily Henry. Oh, I think I do remember oh, you, but I can't remember what it's about. So this book is about two authors, one who writes sort of very serious literary fiction um, and one who writes romance novels. And these two authors um, both have writer's block. So they both go rent beach houses next to each other and to sort of try and get more into the flow of writing, they swap genres. And so it's a romance novel, but it's also a lot about so he's sort of, you know, um, Gus is the very uh, serious literary author and... Um, of course he is. Oh, I can't remember what her name is. Um, and the female character is the more sort of romance novel. And so there's a lot of talk about gender in publishing and what books mean and what writing means to people and how you write and why you write and what you get out of writing. Mm-hmm. And you are both... You are both authors and prolific writers. And I am, you know, I, I just, I love this book. I, I don't really write that much um, apart from, you know, academic work, but I, I know both of you get a lot out of writing and I, and I think you will both get a lot out of this book and how it thinks about writing and also how it talks about respecting all genres and all books. And mm. also the romance is just perfect and adorable and, I do love an adorable romance. Have a solid rock It's off. a great book. <laughs> that does sound really interesting. I would pick that up. Yeah. Successful pitch. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I think we've had four great books. Um, now, 
I'm going to suggest that we move on to um, you and me, Fee, talking about what we will get Sophie. Absolutely. Um, and just to mix it up, I will go first. Um, <laughs> and once again, I am sure this is a book that I have told you both about. Sophie, both you and I really love Red, White and Royal Blue. Um, and this was the book. I, I finished Red, White and Royal Blue. And I was like, I really want to read more like this. I want to read more books like this. I want to read more books off this. And this was sort of something that popped up. I think basically in Amazon recommendations. It's sort of like, oh, if you like this, you will also like this one. Um, and so I read it and it was incredible. It was such a good book. Um, and it is called um, Boyfriend Material by, I think her name is Alexis Hall. Yep, Alexis Hall. Um, so yeah, Luke O'Donnell is tangentially and reluctantly famous. His rock star parents split up when he was young and the father he's never met spent the next 20 years cruising in and out of his rehab. Now the dad's making a comeback. Luke's back in the public eye and one compromising photo is enough to ruin everything. Um, to clean up his image, Luke has to find a nice, normal relationship and Oliver Blackwood is as nice and normal as they come. Um, he's a barrister, an ethical vegetarian. He's never inspired a moment of scandal in his life. In other ways, it's perfect boyfriend material. Unfortunately, apart from being gay, single, and really, really in need of a date for a big event, Luke and Oliver have nothing in common. So they strike a deal to be publicity-friendly, fake boyfriends until the dust has settled. Then they can go their separate ways and pretend it never happened. It is just, it's so cozy. It, it's also so funny. Like, it is funny in a way that I sort of, I think I went through a phase where I didn't read a lot. And I, one of the things that I'd forgotten is how funny books can be. And it, it like, it has this one passage uh, where sort of like a succession of different people get told a knock-knock joke and they all completely ruin this knock-knock joke in completely different ways. <laughs> and it's so glorious. And um, the main character, Luke, he works for... Um, a charity that's trying to save the dung beetle. Um, and so he's surrounded by kind of academic people who are obsessed with beetles and their importance. And he's the normal person there. It's just, I, it's such a good, funny book. And I just love everything about it. And the sequel is coming out soon. And I would like someone to be excited about the sequel with. <laughs> and I think you're my best bet. I just sound like very much right on my alley. I think. Part of what Royal Blue to me really did for me was like opening me up to kind of reading that rom-com genre, which isn't really a genre I've ever gone near before, mm. but I'm finding that I do actually really enjoy it. So this sounds like another kind of yeah. good book oh, to kind of, it's so that would interest me. It's so funny. And it, it also has a lot of like good, interesting personalities. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sophie? Uh, so, B. B. <laughs> I'll change my name. <laughs> Every so often, I call Sophie Soph, and then Fee. I'll call you Fee, and I'm like, basically, what I've done there is I've split the name between the two of you. Well, that's what I was thinking about. Like, so Sophie hey. is Soph, and I'm just B. So together, we are Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Like a transformer. <laughs> Just leave all of this in, you know? It's a joyful moment. I meant the Power Rangers. <laughs> right, anyway. Fee, anyway. uh, what was your suggestion so, for Sophie? My suggestion is um, The Secret History by Donna Tart. So for my two that I chose, I for both of you, I've chosen one fiction and one non-fiction. Oh, that's quite interesting. Just to, just to kind yeah. of spread the genres here. Um, so I chose The Secret History and um, this is quite, this has been quite popular um, aesthetic wise because one, it is a floppy book. I will not <laughs> ever shut up about it. Um, but also I've, uh, it is a really well-written book and it is a, it's this reverted detective story told by uh, a character called Richard 
and he's this um young man who's uh, been accepted into this very prestigious college um near the north east of the u.s so think like connecticut sort yeah, of area new england, new england mm-hmm. that sort of thing very around very much old money privilege um and in this prestigious college there is a very prestigious greek class where this professor only admits five people uh into his greek class and richard is really wants to be part of this class because he studied greek for two years already he then meets the students of the class um and gets involved with them and these are the events which lead up to one of the classmates murder um a guy called edmund also known as bunny that is so new england isn't it (laughs) (laughs) and on it like when i was reading it i could just hear like the voices of the characters i do you you know the dead poet society Mm. have you ever watched that I was gonna say very gives me much very much those <laughs> sorts of vibes um it's like dead poet society meets agatha christie Ooh. and when i was reading it i just thought i don't know i just thought you'd really enjoy it so that's my recommendation yeah sounds good i actually think i'm pretty sure i have that like i'm fairly certain my mom bought that like because that's it's, it's old, really right? old like, it's yeah. been out for years yeah yeah like, I think I actually have that one so there you go. dig it out Sophie <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so you're next Annie yeah um my next book once again is more a general recommendation for the both of you and this one I know you've definitely heard me banging on about um and it is because I've talked about it on the podcast and it is the Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. I knew it was going to be oh, the Great Circle. <laughs> I was wondering if, it, if that worked. When she was like, some of these books you've heard me talk about, I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I just, it, it, um, why do I want the two of you to read this book? Basically so that you can talk to me about it. <laughs> That's the thing I often think about. I think, I don't think that other people do this. I think this might be a uniquely selfish me thing. <laughs> But most of the time when I buy someone a book, it's because I want them to read it and I want them to read it because I want to talk to them about it. So it's purely like, a, and I think this is the most, the book most like that for me because it is just so sprawling and expansive. Mm. Um, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, it is a book a shortlisted novel from very recently from this year. And it is about a female pilot who um, she's born in the sort of 1910s uh, in America and it's her life story all the way to World War II and how she ends up trying to circumnavigate the globe along a longitude line. But it's also about an actress in sort of, you know, present day Hollywood who plays her in a sort of Oscar Oscar contender film about her life and how those two lives intertwine. And weirdly enough, I tell like if they were sort of two separate books, I I think Fee would really love all the stuff about the Hollywood starlet. It's got real Daisy Jones Ooh, vibes. I do love that because she like grew up in Hollywood. And Sophie would really love the sort of you know the exciting historical fiction about um, uh, the girl who grows up in the middle of nowhere and wants to be a pilot and sort of how she manages it. But I think you would also just both love how like big this book feels like it's a novel of epic proportions um it starts with her crashing um the plane and then it sort of jumps forward and that's not a spoiler because it starts with her crashing the plane and it jumps forward and backwards in time and it still has a lot of shock twists and surprises and um the characters are people you can get really invested in and it is I don't know it just it feels huge it feels huge it's sort of like it's a book about a woman who wants to explore the world and it feels like you're exploring something when you read it Mm. 
whole new world um, vibes yeah which is why I can't stop banging on about it which is why it was obvious that when I got the opportunity to tell you guys to read a book I was gonna bring it up <laughs> um that and I'm extremely predictable okay uh Fee do you have a second book yes this is my I'm excited non- for this we don't talk about, about non-fiction Ooh, this is about yeah. non-fiction this is my non-fiction recommendation yeah. um so it's Storyland by Amy Jeffs. Don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, it's very. No, I don't think so. No, it's become very popular. Well, I say it's very popular. Um, it's more like it's gotten very good reviews. Okay. Um, uh-huh. and it is a collection of English myths or the myths of Britain, basically. Okay. So it looks more about oh. looks more into the folklore of of the UK. <laughs> Um, so wow. from Stonehenge to the medieval myths and all those sorts of things, but also um, a bit about the history as well and who created them, how they were exchanged and, and also how some of them might have died out as well. Um, I haven't read mm-hmm. it, but when I saw it, I, it's something I also really want to read just because I'm quite intrigued of the mythology mm. i think we're quite you know we have the in- infamous greek myths you know we have some of the roman myths that we know nordic myths uh, um, or norse not norse myths too much no i think you're probably thinking of norse mythology <laughs> anyway uh, our resident yeah norse our resident norse expert norse mythology you know those sorts of things but actually i can't really yeah with the exception of king arthur tell you any mythology of britain that's interesting yeah definitely very much up my alley given kind of what i was studying when i was like doing literature i was all into the medieval kind of stuff so i have been sort of julie the cruise director of this podcast so far but i now feel a bit weird going so what could you guys get me for christmas um let's let's start it i'll take over as your co co-intro Thank you. I will pass my podcast queen crown to you. And I shall take it and steal it and never give it back. <laughs> uh, no. So for Annie, um, I think I'll start first. Yeah. To yeah. say, Annie, Annie, Annie. This is what I would recommend to you. My fiction recommendation would be The Hex X by Rachel Hawkins. Have you heard of it? I have seen it on Amazon, but I have never read it. The cover is stunning. I'll just say <laughs> that first off. Oh, you know how to <laughs> get me into something. Yeah, the cover is stunning. I'm I hurt. would have a poster of that cover. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and Google it's very it. rare. I would like go for that far to have a poster of the cover. Everybody's Googling it now. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. That is a nice book cover. Um, Isn't it? Anyone listening at <laughs> yes. home, I'm going to recommend you Google it because it is a nice book cover. It's a good book cover. Yeah. And Annie, I don't know if you've noticed in the cover a very nice um, oh, was it gazebo? Oh, Gilmore Girl style gazebo. It, it, the book has been described as a Gilmore Girls meets Sabrina meets Bewitched novel rom com. <laughs> And I thought, Gilmore Girls, who loves Gilmore Girls? (laughs) I don't think I can hear the word Gilmore without thinking Annie before I think of girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do love me some Gilmore Girls. It's a huge, um, so this book is very popular from TikTok. Um, Yes, stunning cover. So what is it about? It is a spooky rom-com about Vivian, or Vivi, she's known, um, a witch who had had her heart broken by Reese Penhallow, who was who is a descendant of the town's founders. So how does she cope with this broken heart? Well, she puts a hex on him, of course. <laughs> I was going to say, and she hex him? She hexes him! She hexes him she hexes uh, with him. a lot of vodka. <laughs> drank a lot of vodka and she gave him a hex. Um, 
nine years later, the curse Vivi unleashed starts to take effect of the town's magic. And this is when Reese returns to the town um, at the annual fall festival. That sounds incredible. (laughs) That is Bewitched meets Gilmore Girls. Like that is everything I want. That sounds incredible. It does. So that's my recommendation. So incredible, in fact, that I have decided to purchase a copy myself. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So there you go. Happy reading. Over to Sophie. Yeah. So, like, I think, Sophie, I'm going to recommend you two books that I haven't actually read myself. Whereas I could think of books that I'd read that I knew Fee would like. I was struggling to think of anything that I'd read that I'd, I also knew that you hadn't read. I was like, I don't read enough books. I can't keep up with that. No, I'm like, I was okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to look for books that I haven't heard her talk about that I can recommend. Yeah, because you know, if I've read something, I will be telling everyone to read else to read it too. Yeah, so I was like, this was, this was more of a challenge. Okay. Um, but the first one, and I think, um, I think you would both like this one. So the first one that I was going to recommend is uh, The Cat Who Saved Books by Sosuke Natsukawa. It's got cats and books. Yeah. Those are yeah. my favorite so, things. <laughs> so uh, the plot summary is that um, there's a high school student who's just about to close a secondhand bookshop that he inherited for his father. Uh, and then a, a cat called Tiger appears that can talk and asks him to help him save books. Uh, and they need to save books from people like uh, a man who looks up his books, an unwitting book torturer who cuts the pages of books into snippets to help people speed read, and a publisher who only wants to sell books like disposable products. Uh, and so it's kind of like a fantasy adventure with their, him and the cat. There's also some romance in there as well. It's about friendship. It's about books. It's about I was like, friendship. Yes. It's about books, and it's about cats. Oh my god! Yes. I didn't think I recommended this episode just so that I could make the people who know me well tell me what to read. But this is exactly what's happened, and I love it. This is great. I love both of these books. Do you know what's so funny is that that was so I was debating on two between two fictional books to recommend to you, and that was my second one. So the fact that both <laughs> Sophie and I <laughs> say I have a brand thought of giving you those books, I think, is just just shows that we know you. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Fabulous. Right. Okay. Now to my second book. So here is my non-fiction book. Um, I was interested in this topic myself, should I say. And this is how I found about this book. And it is called The Romanovs by Simon Serberg Montefiore. And it is a non-fiction history retelling covering 300 years of Russian history. So 20 Tsars and Serenas, all in this book. Also, stunning cover. Incredible you know, cover. I was just about to say, I have not read this book, but I have thought about buying it often because of incredible how incredible the cover is. It, it, it's, have you seen it? It's a lovely cover, isn't it? I have seen it, yeah, in bookshops. And I've thought, oh, that's a gorgeous cover. Mm-hmm. And I just thought... Oh, I sorry. Think- Romanov's Anastasia. That's know? what I was thinking. And then I thought, what better introduction to your great impression of <laughs> the bat from Anastasia? Only <clears throat> oh, <God. laughs> oh, sir, nothing, sir. Anastasia, sir, just wishing I could do the job for you. So I go, ha! And then I hi, yeah! And then I and I kick her, sir. Me and Libby watched that the other day when she was here. Love that film. Well done. It is a brilliant By the way, film. I choose to believe that I do that impression beautifully. So if any listeners want to write in and tell me that I'm terrible at it, I don't want to know. 
I, I want to believe, okay? <laughs> if Soph and Fee are indulging me, I don't care. I, I just want to believe I have that one impression. You do. I think it's a great impression. Okay. And <laughs> that's my recommendation. I haven't read it, but I think it. I've seen great reviews on it as well. Um, I am a review truster. I trust oh. the reviews people have written. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always look at the average. Always look at the average and the median. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you got to check that it's not like, you know, five stars from 10 reviews versus 4.9 stars from a thousand reviews. You know, that's more reliable. Yeah. Yep. You got to be a real scientist with these reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as our resident scientist, you, you know that better than most of us. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Okay, so the other book um, that I was going to recommend that also seems just kind of up your alley based on things that I know you've read before is Ariadne by Jennifer Saint. It's um, another sort of feminist Greek retelling of um, feminist Greek, feminist retelling of Greek myths, uh, this time focusing on the myth of Theseus, Ariadne and the Minotaur. And Ooh, yeah, just thought you know, based on kind of because you wrote Circe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all wrote Circe together, Cersei. didn't we? I think so. Oh, no, no, we read, read a thousand chips together. Yeah, we yeah. we we've all read Circe. Yeah, but, I think, but not together. Yeah. No, yeah, we read yeah. a thousand chips here. So yeah, like based on like having read and enjoyed like Circe and a thousand chips, that kind of thing. I thought this one might also be interesting you as well yeah no that sounds really good do you know you said the word ariadne and i was like oh i've heard of that where have i heard of that just i know the name ariadne because i know the myth of theseus and the minotaur (laughs) no that sounds interesting i haven't actually heard of that one before that that sort of feminist retelling of a greek myth which is weird because i feel like i see them a lot so yeah yeah, no that sounds really exciting i don't know if it's come out recently or something i'm not sure but Uh, yeah a special edition has come out recently, like a Waterstones <laughs> special edition thing, which isn't actually that special, if I'm honest. Oh. <laughs> Our special edition resident. Um, <laughs> although that does, that does sort of, you know, special editions do make beautiful gifts. They do. Which I feel like wraps it up nicely. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like we have a really great list of books there. Um, thanks to Fee, we have some nonfiction, but you know, it's mostly fiction. We've got a really nice spread of books. We go across a lot of different genres. Um, and to wrap up, why don't we talk for a bit about what makes a great book gift? I think as cheesy as it sounds, it it is just somebody with the thought of giving you a book that they think you would like I think that says a lot about how they view you um and and I'm not you know whether and especially if they've read it I think it's something like they when they give a book to you that they've read it's like I want to share this story with you this experience of this story so that we can talk about it and and share that in common that makes sense yeah yeah that does make sense I think there's also there's something really meaningful about someone finding a book for you because often knowing what books people would like is based off of knowing them yeah yeah um my my secret tip if you feel like you're bad at gift giving is think about what gifts that person gives to you because people tend to give the gifts that they want other people to give them it yeah. took me years to work this out. Yeah, it's true <laughs> yeah um but books is a great one because I think there's something for everyone in a bookshop you know um but like you know some people I think I fear I think especially I would single you out as a special editions person you know you'd like a shiny book or a special book or an exciting book I do I do um Whereas, like, my dad is very much a, he wants nothing but, like, simple paperbacks. And Sophie, I feel like you could be a little bit like that as well, you know? Yeah. Just, like, a handbag book or a rucksack book or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think books are great gifts. 
can I also ask like is there are there any books that are on your wish list just you know personally weirdly I I try not to specify what books I want for Christmas I'll often just say just you know get me books go into a bookshop and get me books Mm. um Sophie what about you you know I I have any specific one again just partly just because I'm not super clued into books I think I'm I'm like mentally I'm adding some of the books that you mentioned down I'm like yeah right yeah these are Christmas yeah. but, but more for myself from myself to myself like <laughs> that's my gift for you know <laughs> it's you've survived another year have a book um when I was browsing um the Waterstones website I saw that there was a new release of this book mm-hmm. called Gifts by Laura Barnett and ironically, it is about, uh, it is a Christmas story based on the 12 days of Christmas um, revolving around 12 people, 12 interconnected people who are struggling to find gifts for the people that they love. And I thought that's just quite a cute <laughs> story that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. very, very on brand for this episode. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that could be a good note to end on um so yeah thank you so much for listening um i'm just gonna finish out with a reminder that the best thing that you can do for christmas is support local small independent bookshops or even just your local waterstones you know if we don't use our local bookshops we will lose our local bookshops and then we will have nowhere to hang out um and when I say we will have nowhere to hang out, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the three of us who exclusively hang out in bookshops. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the book table podcast where you can see what we're reading. Um, speaking of our book club book for the month of December. Um, Fee, can you remind me of the title? Right, it, it's Midnight in Everwood by M.A. Kuznia. Yeah, Kuznia. Yeah, and we're going to be reading that in our special Christmas themes um, book club episodes. Um, so please feel free to read along and we'll be, yeah, in a few episodes, we'll be talking all about it and also hopefully, you know, having a Christmas-themed yeah. episode. I mean, we're going to be doing Christmas all this month, don't worry, but that's going to be the grand finale of our Christmas celebrations. Um, next week we're going to be doing our book news episode so please comment on Instagram if there's any big book news you want us to discuss Um, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you again next week all right bye see you next week Bye. bye